Will ultrasound end the argument against aspirating? To this day, some well-known injectors and trainers do not recommend aspirating before injecting. They feel that there is a lack of evidence to support this practice, that it provides false reassurance, and that many positives are actually false positives. I've recently purchased an ultrasound, and it's been clear to me that the insight into living individual anatomy is going to change practice. But will it end this debate once and for all? That's what I'll be discussing on today's Aesthetic Mastery Show. Before I dive in, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. First, let's recap on the rationale for and against aspirating. Now, I am biased. I'm not an expert on the arguments against aspirating because I spent most of my time coming up for arguments for aspirating. So I may be wrong and I am interested in your opinions if you disagree with this. I'll try my best to steel man the argument. It seems to me that the core of the reasons not to aspirate is that it provides false reassurance. The reasons why you may get a negative aspirate while in a vessel are numerous. We all know from taking blood. Just because you're in a vessel does not mean that you get blood out when you aspirate. Add to this the thick filler that's essentially blocking the lumen of the needle, and we would all have to agree that you cannot solely rely on aspirating to prevent a vascular occlusion. Furthermore, just because you have a negative at one point along the path of the needle does not mean that you will not be in the lumen at another point along the needle, which means you could still inject filler as you're injecting in a retrograde linear thread. The big shift for me in terms of understanding aspirating was to stop thinking it was an answer to the question, am I in a vessel? Instead, in my mind, the question is, what is the probability that I'm in a vessel? It essentially is a screening test, and every test has a ratio of true positives, true negatives, false positives, and false negatives. In medicine, we all understand this principle, although the public rarely does. So if you think about prostatic-specific antigen, that's a test I still do in my general practice, and it's a very good example. It has a false positive rate of about 70%, and a false negative rate of about 20%. So if a man has a negative prostate test with symptoms, there is still a 20% chance that he has cancer. And if it's a positive, there is a 70% chance that he does not. Now this is not how the public think about our tests, and I think this may have crept into how we think about aspirating. I actually think this type of thinking might cloud the view of both sides of the arguments. If some people think there is an absolute reassurance, then others will oppose them. And if others think there is no value, then there will be those who object from the other side who have the opposite view. For me, the answer, as always, is nuanced. As almost universally true in life, in between the two extremes somewhere lies the truth. I'm hopeful that ultrasound will shed more light on this, and I have two cases that I want to share with you today. Before we dive in deeper, I know that a few of you might be thinking about this relatively new idea of keeping the needle moving, and that that might be safer than aspirating certainly with bolus injections. And this is an interesting idea. I'm hoping to interview the author of a very interesting paper on this soon, but it's for another show. Let me first share an example of injecting the temple. Now this case was caught on camera, which makes it particularly interesting. My colleague, Dr. Amy Clark, was treating our very own Miranda Pierce. In this video, you'll see her temples are being injected. Temples are particularly interesting as they more clearly illustrate the challenge we face with depth and the aesthetic outcome. If you inject superficially at the temple, we are at the level of the superficial temple artery. And in my experience, severe volume loss treated superficially leads to an unpleasant, boggy result. It can look okay, but it's not nice to have a spongy temple, so I don't think our patients actually like that result that much. 
So if we decide to treat at the level of the periosteum, we are limited with the ability to move around. The so-called gunshot technique, many of us have learned through Arthur Swift, has a clear rationale with respect to the anatomy. This is, in theory, the least likely place to find an artery and the most effective place to get the aesthetic result, that is, to raise that tissue and hide the shadow that defines temple volume loss. Now, I was watching this live when I saw Dr. Amy aspirate and get a positive result. She dealt with it seamlessly, and then she repositioned and completed the treatment. Now, months later, I have the chance to scan Miranda's temple and look what we found. Putting aside the question of whether or not there are alternative techniques available which some would argue are safer, it does seem to me that if you are using this common technique for temples, the example of a vessel visible on ultrasound and a positive aspiration in the same area is compelling that in this case at least the information was useful. For me it represents something more valuable than theory, which is a real experience which backs up the theory. Last week, in one of my mastery days at Skin Viva Training, where we were treating an entire face, we had another really interesting result. Like many of you, I have learned that we are safer to inject the chin in the midline on the periosteum. I favor needle on bone for aesthetic reasons too, because my experience is that these deep injections are more stable over time, as opposed to sitting in the fatty layer above the bone, which we're actually trying to emulate. Makes sense to me that placing it on the bone will look more like bone for longer. In this case, we aspirated out of habit, not believing the vessel would be found at that position, just like in the temple, and to our surprise, we got a positive result. I then, in retrospect, scanned the patient and found the artery exactly where it should not be, which is right near to the periosteum in the midline. What's great about both these cases is that they do show the practice of aspirating detecting arteries, also detected by ultrasound. In my mind, this is clear evidence that a percentage of intravascular needle placements are detectable by aspirating, but of course not all will be, and it's not our only line of defense. Both of these cases illustrate injections which I believe are of the most risky type, large volume bolus injections. The danger comes from the volume being placed at one point, and this is the problem I believe that the continuous movement uh, technique hopes to solve. The question is, how can we know if this is safer and still able to get the same result or better? But that's for another show. So what do you think about these two cases? Are they a cut and dry reason to aspirate? Is there something missing from my rationale? Or should I change my technique? Let me know in the comments down below. Mm -hmm.